Hello, ocean friends, and welcome to this episode of the Underwater Photography Exposed podcast. I'm your host, Emma Burdett, and today I'm chatting with Amber Leatham all the way from Hawaii. Amber is an underwater model, freediver, athlete, as well as being an international speaker, sales trainer, executive coach, and digital nomad who's traveled all over the world. In this episode, we talk about some of the most memorable diving destinations that Amber's traveled to and how she's been capturing the moments with her GoPro. We also touch on Amber's thoughts on spearfishing and an encounter she had with some giant manta rays. Oh, there's so much going on in this episode. Amber is one of the most enthusiastic people you'll come across in the underwater world. I'm so thrilled to have her on the show today. We started the conversation talking about how Amber grew up in Hawaii and what that lifestyle looked like having the ocean so close to her heart. So let's dive in and listen to the So I am born and raised from Hawaii and have lived here most of my life. There have been Times where I've traveled really extensively, whether it's for work or college or building, a, you know, going on my adventures, solo traveling. But Hawaii is home base. So, yes. Oh, beautiful. What a place to grow up. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What, what are you, what have your, some of your fondest memories about growing up in Hawaii? Oh, gosh. When I was, I was 16 years old and I was working on a dive boat as a deckhand. I remember countless mornings of leaving our harbor and taking a left and seeing the sunrise um, and just the sunrise coming up over Diamond Head and the sky would go from this sweet like lavender peach into this bright vibrant blue and the ocean would just light up and bottle like not bottlenose excuse me um, spinner dolphins would be at the bow and it was just something straight out of a film um that i mean that's probably one of my favorite memories so yeah that, that is magical spinning dolphins are my favorite they're just they they're so fun <laughs> they are they've got so much energy and they're they're beautiful i mean they're just they're smaller they're, i think they're more petite in the in the dolphin species from species from what i understand but yeah, yeah they're they're amazing oh my gosh so the ocean has been part of your life forever it really has um i was I was so lucky to have, you know, been born and raised near the water and to do everything from like boogie boarding and going to the beach as a little kid. And I started diving as early as 13. I got certified when I was 15. So the answer is a firm yes. Oh, I've been and I was sailing too on top of that too. So yeah. <laughs> sailing as well. I've always wanted to learn to sail. It's something I've never actually done yet. Did you learn from your young age? I did. I took some sailing lessons at a yacht club and and then I did that competitively into school, into high school. Um, yeah. And even in outrigger canoeing. So yeah, the ocean has been an integral part of my upbringing. So yeah. Wow. <laughs> and so I can only imagine the experiences you've had in the ocean and the people that you've met along the way because of it. Have you noticed that your, I guess a lot of your community would be ocean-based? Yeah, I would say so. Um, and what's really amazing about having an ocean-based community is that it's not just here in Hawaii. We have a strong presence for sure. And that network has carried me all around the world. Um, even into Menorca, Spain, where I got to jive with Esther Abad and um, Benjamin Ricalame. I, I don't know if I say his name right, but he's an incredible underwater photographer. Um, and then all the way to Dubai. I mean, this network is an international network and I'm, I'm really grateful to be part of it. Oh, that's so cool. Actually, you were, we were just talking before we started recording about, um, you diving the, the big pool in Dubai. How awesome yeah. is that? And you, you would say they played music. Deep Dive Dubai is, 
is a really unique experience. It's not like something you would experience out in the wild. I think the, you know, being out in the ocean, absolutely. That is, that's like the goal, right? And for those who are learning to build a relationship with the water who aren't necessarily comfortable, right? With, you know, they've got phobias with about like fish and the, the blue expanse, right? And like, where are things coming from? And so it's a really, I think it's just a great stepping stone into getting out in the ocean if you're hoping to become comfortable and, and all that. So. Oh, so good. I've seen so many photos of that place and all the different avenues you can go through in the corridors and the areas, the rooms, all inside a pool. And as a freediver, so I'm a freediving enthusiast. I'm not a freediving professional, but it is something that I love doing. I would love to just be in constant water where it's just no wind, no swell, no currents, no change of temperature when you're going down the line. I just think that what an incredible environment to do some training in. It is. And as I mentioned earlier, it's really peaceful and in a soothing environment, right? The water temperature is perfect. I mean, it's, you don't get cold in it. It's, it's warm. And, and the music is kind of a mashup between whale songs and dolphin squeals and squeaks and, and, and classical music, like just ethereal sort of thing. Remarkable. There's only been one time ever that I've heard music underwater. You don't, you don't know which direction it's coming from. You're just surrounded by this music. And it was actually, it was in Truck Lagoon. We were diving on the San Francisco wreck, the carrier shipwreck. Um, it was fairly deep and I, we didn't have a long dive time. And we sort of like go, making our way down. We m- must have got down to about 20 to 30 meters on, our, on the descent. And all of a sudden, Pink Floyd was cranking. And I just looked at my dive buddy and I was like, do you, do you hear that? Am I, am I knocked? Like what is happening? And she was like, I hear that. I hear that. We were just like, this is amazing. So we're on the shipwreck looking at tankers and trucks and trailers and guns and like pink Floyd cranking. And we got back up. We had no idea this was going to happen, but the the boat actually had an underwater communication system. So they had a speaker and the captain was playing it into the speaker just, and it was a bit of a surprise for us. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? When you're underwater, like sound carries, I can tell you, um, you know, another memory I hear, I hear whales, like humpback whales, wild humpback whales, um, typically it happens in like the fall, the winter is when they're around here in Hawaii and it is just magical. They, it, it can be so loud. It almost feels as if the water is vibrating all around you, but it's, I think it's something someone should experience at least once in their lifetime because it is just next level. So. Wow. Yes. I, I've been on a few dives and you can hear the whales and you have no idea how close they are, but they, they sound like they're getting closer. They could still be ages away, but there's yeah, beautiful songs and, and just those sounds. Ah, oh, so good. Makes me want to get back in the water. <laughs> so come visit. I'll get you in a, like in a second. <laughs> I'm definitely coming to visit. I, I did go to Hawaii. We went to, um, we went to the big island and we did some diving and we, we went to do the night dive with the manta rays and and we were so excited traveling from Perth, Western Australia. It's a bit of a hike to get all the way over there. And we were the 1% of people who do not see any manta rays. So we were down there for about an hour just waiting, just longing. You're like, come on, come on. They're going to come in. They're going to come in. They did not come in. Well, then you must make it back out here mm-hmm. and I will make a 
special, you know, order or announcement to bring them in so that they're 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 ready. They're like, all right, we're gonna be there for Emma. Thank you. Thank you, Amber. <laughs> See, dive buddies, that we always have each other's back. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> So I'm so excited to have you on this podcast because I just love how much time you spend in the sea and how you capture it so well. When I look at your Instagram, I've always think, oh my goodness, it just inspires me to go out there and get in the water, just having an amazing time. And I particularly love the fact that you're not carrying around a big camera housing. You know, you've you've got a GoPro, haven't you? And you're capturing these moments with a GoPro. How long have you been shooting with this GoPro? I purchased this GoPro last June uh, when I was in Portugal and thought to myself, you know, it's about time that I start to take photos. I'd I'd been diving with so many other people who have had cameras and, you know, I I really enjoy art and photography and I'm in in the water enough that it it was about time I started making my own memories. And, And more than that, I have loved having a GoPro because I've been able to take photos of all my friends and enjoying the water and building a relationship with the ocean. And so, yeah, just a single GoPro 10 has been my diving photo companion now for a year. And I love it. <laughs> Honestly, I I don't think you need to have a big camera to get great photos. I think you one of the... No, one of the biggest differences is your level of comfort in the water. I think because you're so comfortable you're you're capturing the moment really well you're you're in the moment I think sometimes when we're new to being in the water we're so focused on what we're doing that we're not actually thinking about what's happening around us as much and so the photos don't quite come out as we hope they would but yeah you can definitely tell you're comfortable in the water (laughs) well Emma thank you I I really do appreciate that because it's not you know, I think I'm just enjoying life and hopefully it adds value. So it's really validating and affirming to hear that some of the things I've been sharing have been making a- an impact. And and that's that's the hope, right? Is that people love it and they're like, oh, that's so cool. How do I get to experience something like that? Um, and you're right too. Like I, I've given the GoPro to my friends and they come back and they're like... I don't know how you do it. It's so challenging. Um, But I keep giving it back to them. I'm like, it's okay. Just keep practicing. You're going to get better. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. What what do you think they're being, what do you think is a challenge for them? What do you think is causing them to feel that way? I think part of it is, as you mentioned earlier, it's they're thinking so much about what they're doing in the water that they're not able to simply be and then focus on something different. They're focusing on things like how long they're holding their breath, what they're looking at, how they're moving, um, that they don't hit anything. Um, And also photography is a different skill set of its own, right? Like photography, part of it is is being able to be still and and to take a photo. Sometimes if usually I'm taking video, right? And it's learning how to move the camera gently. And and they haven't quite gotten to the point where they can think about moving a camera gently. So that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it totally makes sense. I I am not a fan of the GoPro on the mask when people p- put it up there and then somebody forces you to watch it. They're like, oh, watch my dive. It's only 45 minutes long and the whole time is like just looking around everywhere. Seriously, <laughs> like, for anybody listening to this, please stop. Stop with the 45, <laughs> 45 minute videos because have you ever considered how much you move your head when you're in the ocean? <laughs> You're nailing it. I would tell my friends, yes, a lot of my spear fishing friends, they all have the GoPro here. Now, 
they have some cool shots, but as you said, they're just, they're constantly moving their head. And it, I mean, I don't really get seasick, but man, did that make me nauseous just watching them go swivel their head back and forth, back and forth, left and right. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, spearfishing is an interesting one because you're, I'd love to have this conversation with you. Being somebody who cares so much about the ocean, I know you're really into having a positive impact and protecting the, the sea and so much joy for that as well. Then the the other side of it is the spearfishing thing. And I, I, I'm a spearfisherman as well. I, I, I really believe in spearfishing as the most sustainable source of fishing. Um, is that why you uh, support and encourage people spearfishing as well? Is or Some people who are really protective of the sea are dead against spearfishing. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I, and thank you so much for asking that question because I think not a lot of people understand how the fishing industry works. Now, I'm not, I, I'm, I'll say this, I'm not a professional by any means. I'm not a professional fisherman what, whatsoever. However, I have working relationships with people who work with organizations such as NOAA. And I I know some of my friends would go out on these fishing vessels where they do this thing called long line fishing. And so my friend, uh, his name is Damien, and he had drawn out what it looks like. And he was explaining to me that what happens is they, they're dragging all of these lines and they're just, it's just like a giant, like they're just catching everything. And so I firmly, so if we're going to fish, I totally support spear fishing well over commercial fishing because of the environmental effects. People don't see it. And that's, and that's the problem. And it's because they're out in the middle of the ocean, no one can really regulate it. Right. Like each one of those vessels is its own sort of like little like Island. Right. And, and whoever runs the Island, they're, they're in charge. Like they're there. It's, it's a lot harder to manage. And so the environmental effects, I've seen countless videos and photos from my own one friend of hundreds, hundreds of unnecessary deaths and unnecessary suffering and unnecessary like demolition to the environment. It's, I mean, by all means, eat fish. I love sushi. But if we're going to continue to eat it, we need to have a very different relationship with the ocean. Spearfishing, on the other hand, you, you're typically eating what you're killing. You're, you're not you're not destroying hundreds and thousands of lives for the sake of, all right, I want this one or two, like tuna. And that's what's happening right now. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's honestly hearing you talk about it. I'm, I have mixed emotions. It makes me angry and it gives me goosebumps. And then it makes me feel a little bit sick and all the things. And I, yeah, I think a big part of why I do this in the podcast is to help people understand that there are different practices going on and what and we we all make choices in what we buy and what we eat and sometimes it's just a small change can make a big difference but yeah spearfishing I'm all about it I really am you know we'll, we'll go out for a whole day and in that day we might take one fish home each or two fish home and those fish are consumed and enjoyed and every single piece of them, there's no waste. I even boil up the heads and turn them into fish stew and things like that. We can cook that up when you come to Perth. <laughs> oh, I'm in. Yeah, absolutely. But that's but that's the point too, is you're using that fish fully as yeah. opposed to just sort of like, all right, we're just going to kill a bunch of things. We're going to take what we want. And like, what a waste of life, right? Like, it's just, it just, I mean, as you said earlier, like I've got mixed emotions about it. Like I can honestly say I have a deep, I have a deep passion for like stopping that sort of fishing and stopping some of these just unnecessary, unnecessarily mass destruction 
like it's just yeah anyway as you can tell I'm getting emotional about it it's just it's it's hard it's it's hard to be someone sitting in the front seat of all of this and not being able to truly invoke like mass change because that's what I want to help and and create and help people also do and be a part of so yeah 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 no and thank thank you for sharing all of that with us and that passion oh the passion is real (laughs) yeah it yeah it really is because we do see I mean if you're looking right you you kind of have to look for you have to you have to be willing to see it but when you do see it it's it's undeniable how how really devastating the mass like the commercial fishing industry is it's it needs it needs to change Mm. yeah yeah absolutely yeah and I think so we're by raising awareness of it showcasing what's so great about the ocean let's all just take a moment to remember that it is an amazing place and we should be protecting it for sure yes and your your photos and experiences are helping along the way so thank you (laughs) so I I am that's all I'm hoping to do is like let's get people in the water so they they fall in love with it because if they fall in love with it they'll be more compelled to take care of it and do something about it but it's I I feel for the people who are landlocked like it's hard. It's hard to build a relationship with an entity that is truly so far away. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of far away, so we know you've done a lot of diving around Hawaii and Dubai. Has there been anywhere else that's really captured your your love for the sea or passion? Where have you? Yeah. Where else have you? Where else have you explored underwater? Oh goodness, I. I've been to Portugal off of the coast of Madeira and Portugal is, is so sweet and special. I saw parrotfish that were a completely different range of color here in Hawaii. We've got like beautiful green, blue parrotfish and, and over there, it was like these red and gray ones. And Portugal was really beautiful. Um, yeah, that's one place. And then Spain was also amazing. Menorca at diving there. My gosh, it, it's just a whole nother, it's just a whole nother ecosystem. There's like, just as there's certain types of vegetation in the Pacific Northwest, right? There's, you've got those like beautiful, like pines and it's, you know, you've got that sort of vegetation where it's here in Hawaii, you've got more like palm trees. So that same thing exists in, in the other parts of the world. It's just different vegetation, different wildlife. And, um, all of it is beautiful in its own right. So, oh, yeah. amazing. I actually, when I think diving, I don't usually think Spain, but that is really good to know. Yeah. Um, the, I believe it's, um, I think they're called the Balearic Islands, but it's Menorca, Mallorca, and Ibiza. So off of those islands, you can totally go diving and they've got these incredible caves and it's, it's awesome. <laughs> I just have to say it's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Caves. How deep? Okay. Tell me about these caves. Are they, are they deep? Do you have to get down very far to actually access the caves? So some of them, no, some of them, not so much. Um, so when I had gone with, um, I'd gone with a photographer named Ben Ricalame and, uh, and then another freediver named Esther Abad. And we had, I mean, it was, gosh, it was just a the 10 minute swim just around a bend. We'd got up in the water to swim about, swim about a bit. And it wasn't that far at all. And then when you, when you got a chance to dive, the, the, gosh, the seaweed was just so different, right? Like it was just, it was thick and full. It was like seagrass and it looked like, like a beautiful lawn. And then the caves, like the rocks, they were, I mean, it was just, it was, you know, here in Hawaii, we've got like a lot of lava rock, but there, it was just a different kind of stone. I don't know how to explain it, but the stone there, it was, it was, 
it was black. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know what I can, it, it reminded more of me of like the consistency of like marble. Like, does that make sense? Like more like the mm-hmm. mountains sort of like gra- granite, like that sort of stone underwater. Um, so anyways, I'll have to look up these specific type of stone, but it was this sort of, um, it's got this sort of like uh, eerie, kind of creepy feel to it, but also so stinking cool. Yeah. Oh, so mo- <laughs> so moody. I love yeah. that. Wow. That's a great word for it. Moody. Very moody. <laughs> I think there'll be a lot of people thinking the two things combined, freediving and caves. There'll be a lot of people going, that is not for me. That sounds pretty, pretty drastic. <laughs> Totally. And the cool thing about pre-diving, as you know, is that you don't always have to go into caves and definitely don't do things that you're uncomfortable with, right? Um, know your vessels, be safe 100%. Um, yeah. And caves are really cool and coral reefs are really cool. And being out in the in the deep blue where there, you can't see anything but blue is still really cool too. <laughs> I've been in the deep blue a few times and I just love the light, the sun beaming down and you're looking, as you're looking down, you can't see the bottom, you just see the rays of light. It's pretty special actually i've just i've just realized as we're talking there would be some people in this world that have never seen that or experienced that do you i actually yeah. just went um a couple of weeks ago with some friends off of a boat um i had actually also seen a, a big tiger shark there but while but while we were all all out in the middle of the ocean um i got a chance to film a couple of my friends and one of the girls was also noting she's like wow like you can really see all the light down there. It's so cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely have to show people what that's like because it is, it's so special. Yeah, absolutely. And I also wanted to ask with your GoPro, when you're taking the footage and the photos, do you do much with them before you post them? Do you do much post-production or or editing of them? That's a great question. I think it depends on the type of footage and the intention behind it, right? So I would say there is a little bit of editing editing that has to happen usually because of the loss of color visibility as you go deeper. Uh, red is one of the first colors to to go, um, but you want to we color typically doing some color correcting more than like crazy editing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd say I'd say a little bit depends on, but I know plenty of people who just publish it as is, and it's still really cool. So yeah, yeah. That, I think that's the beauty of photography and anything creative is it's it's up to you. It's your creation. You're the artist. You can make it however you want it to look. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm a big fan of, of doing a little bit of post-production. You know, when we were taking camera um, photos with film originally, they would get processed in the darkroom and then you would have choices of how you process those. And so the post-production now in the digital space, it's a similar concept where you just get to put that finishing touch on your images or your video. Yes. Um, so I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I think, why not? <laughs> but you can do it however yeah. you want to. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, and it's tricky. I got to tell you, when I first started getting into editing, it was really challenging because I'd never taken any classes on Adobe or Photoshop. I didn't even really know what to look for until I started getting tips from other people who were also in the ocean community who pointed things out. I think one of the biggest things, and I'll, I'll share it here today, the two things that really helped me was number one was um, white balancing, right? Typically have something white that you're diving with so you can use that very quickly to you know, put in the correct colors. And then the second goal, which is really difficult, is making this skin color look natural. And that's typically mm-hmm. what people are most going after. So, and and you know, I think you know more than anyone. 
do some photography yourself. So. <laughs> no, no, uh, we're always learning. That's the thing. You know, you can, you can think, you, you might have it sorted for that camera or that environment. You go somewhere different and, and you have to change it up. And so you're always learning. I think that's the best approach, getting advice from people around you as well. The, the white balance on the GoPro, are you setting that? So you're doing custom white balance on the GoPro? So I have auto. Um, that's what my friend Ben told me to do. He said, yeah. just use the auto. Yeah. And what I find is that even when I'm uploading um, images that I still have to do some some sort of like color adjustment. Yeah. So it looks more authentic and more real to like what the colors sh- should be. So yeah, yeah, for sure. The new GoPros have come a long way in terms of white balance. Have you trained to be a freediver or have you self-taught yourself? Yeah, I was pretty self-taught given my history with scuba diving and my comfortability in in the water. And when I started diving with with Ben and Esther and other people who who are much better than I am, they would tell me they're like, "Wow, you're you're really good in the water and you're going to get so much better if you take lessons." And they are so right. It's it makes a really big difference. It, it's good to be comfortable in the water and to be self-taught, but now that I know what I do, I think taking lessons and getting certified is so important so that you can safely dive and you're diving correctly. You're not putting yourself or other people in danger. You're also by taking lessons, for instance, and learning how to hold my breath more like properly, like learning to hold my breath properly. I've been able to help other people so that they're not, they're not enduring things like a shallow water blackout. And because I've had a lot of friends who have witness people have something as terrible as that happen. Mm. And so a lot of that can be prevented if you simply understand how to hold your breath properly and and to respect your limits, right? Mm. So so yes, I took lessons. I was fortunate to have a lot of time in the water and I still took lessons. Yeah. Oh, so I couldn't agree more. I I had a similar process myself where learned from a a few friends coming out of the scuba world into the freediving world. And when I did go and learn properly, oh my goodness, I realized how much I didn't know. And it's just the small things, uh, even down to having the right equipment, the right um, position in the water, the way that you move through the water in the most efficient way, the way you put weights on and, and weight yourself for free diving. And then there's the breath hold element too, and the safety and knowing how to, to support somebody if they have an issue. But yeah, it's a really, it's a really important point. I mean, the free diving thing, it is an extreme sport. It's, you, you, it's can be very dangerous. And so you need to be careful and, and the training definitely helps to learn how to do that properly. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Something else that's been really great with freediving is the mental health aspect of it. Um, I have had years of, of anxiety and I've struggled with, you know, different aspects of mental health. However, freediving has helped me gain a lot more control and understanding of how to leverage my breath, which every person on this planet has the ability to breathe and the ability to control it. And it's such a great, it's such a good tool to practice mindfulness and calming yourself down. As as you know, freediving is holding our breath and it's about how long and we can do so and how long we can stay underwater. And part of that equation is how we're able to slow our heart rate, to find peace despite whatever's happening happening externally, which I feel is it translates so well into our real life, into day-to-day and handling our you know, all the crazy things that are happening above above water. <laughs> So, yeah. 
you saying that, I'm like, oh, I need to breathe. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like mm, nice deep breath. <laughs> it's and yeah. yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, even going to the pool and doing some training at the pool just to, the forces you to just sit back, take a few breaths, do a few breathing stretches be weightless in the water oh so good okay that's it you've inspired me I'm getting back in this in the pool to do some training <laughs> even though it's the middle of winter here I'm gonna suck it up because it's so important <laughs> yeah we got this find a pool it works too yeah <laughs> maybe I'll find an indoor heated pool yeah that's what I'll do <laughs> you're one step closer to dive Dubai that's exactly what they got <laughs> That is true. We're not that far away. Um, do you have anywhere on your bucket list for where you want to free dive around the world? I sure do. <laughs> oh, okay. Tell I, us what that. Let me get, hang on. Let me get a pen. I'm going to make a note of all these places that I need to go to. All right. What have you got? I'll just tag you in all of them. So the current number one place I'd really love to go diving in is Raja Ampat out in Indonesia. I am, I'm actually half Indonesian. My mom is from Jakarta and I'm going back in October. Um, and I'm so, so, so stinking excited to get a chance to, to swim there and to see the reefs. Um, so that's one place. Uh, another place is South Africa. I really would love to go and see great whites. Um, I know a lot of people are scared to death of sharks and I, I am scared. I have a healthy respect for them. And, and also don't want to have a, a fearful relationship to sharks. I want to go and see if I can see them up close and personal, probably in a cage, somewhere safe, um, but definitely go swimming. And the last one is top of list, which I'm going to do in November is I'm going to be diving in Egypt. So Ooh. that's another, another great place I want to check out. Wow. Incredible. All uh, those three places. I cannot wait to see your photos from those trips. Um, Raja and Pat. Oh, amazing. Will that be, you, are you staying with people? You're going on a boat? Like how does that work when you get over there? So I've been fortunate to partner with uh, a couple of liveaboard companies. So I've been exploring that. Um, so we'll see. Once once I solidify those plans, I'll let you know. But a liveaboard is certainly one thing, if not in Raja Ampat, then in Egypt, um, that I want to experience. Um, but definitely, you know, just definitely finding a great little dive shop there or um, diving community, do some research, see where the dive shops are and and go, yeah, ask the locals. That's another thing I really enjoy doing is asking locals where, where some great spots are to dive. Yes, for sure. That you get the the local local knowledge. Yeah, definitely agree. That's something that we hear a lot with the Great Barrier Reef in Australia. So people go, oh, you're going to the Great Barrier Reef. It's, or or they'll, they'll be going to Cairns or somewhere in that tourist destination and they'll book themselves a day trip to go diving because they've heard these amazing things about the reef. The challenge is that everyone goes there and does those day trips so what you see is quite close to shore compared to the the greater reef and without that local knowledge you wouldn't really know you think okay I'll just go there and do a dive but realistically somewhere like that jump on a liverboard if you can and go out a bit further so doing that doing that research for sure yeah you know Two, as we were talking, I realized there were two, a couple other places that I didn't mention that were really cool to go diving at. Um, have you ever dove out in Mexico, like in Cozumel or any of that? I haven't, but that's on my bucket list. <laughs> I saw, it was the first time I saw like, I want to, it was, gosh, I want, it was a ray of sorts. And I just remember it being as big as a school bus. Um, 
Yeah. And it was also a drift dive. We saw four nurse sharks and it was like all along the reef. And all of a sudden there was this drop off and there's just this massive ray. I, I remember being like, oh my God. And the instructor, right. I'm like right up the instructor's like tail. Cause that's what you should, that man, if you want to see the best things, stay right next to the instructor. They know exactly where all the cool stuff is. And so I was right there at his heels. And I just, I remember being like, holy shit, that's big. <laughs> I remember being like, oh, that's, that's big. Oh, that's, that's really big. <laughs> right. Cause the perspective underwater, it changes so much. <laughs> and as you get closer, you're like, whoa, that, that's even bigger than I thought. I can just imagine yeah. you <laughs> with a rag in your mouth. Oh, yeah. I think if I had a camera on me, my eyes were like, oh, that's so cool. Oh, oh, that's okay. We're going to, we're going to be gentle here. We're going to be hot. We're going to be kind. We're going to, we're patient. Just stay back a little bit. Oh, um, wow. That was really cool. And then Tahiti, um, I had oh. got it to get off of a boat. My friends were all surfing at Chopu. We were far back enough that I wasn't in, I wasn't getting caught up in the swell, but I was like, I was itching to get in the water. Oh my gosh, Emma, the reefs there were so fluorescent and beautiful and alive. It was something straight out of Avatar. It oh. was just magical. And gosh, if we can bring the ocean back to like that level of health, oh, I think, I mean, it would just, the world would be a different place. So. Wow, beautiful. And then when you were in Tahiti, just free diving or was that scuba? I just wrote, I just free dove there. Yeah. I just did, yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. beautiful. Okay. So I'm mentioning crystal clear water, nice and warm on a boat, jumping in for a free dive. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, yeah, I would be remiss not to, not to mention those, those two places too. Okay. I have to ask you a question that people ask me quite a bit. And that is, What's better, free diving or scuba diving? That's that's how I get asked. What would you say? Free diving. <laughs> I totally say free diving now. And a few reasons why. Number one is scuba diving requires so much more equipment and you're lugging it around and it's just like it's it's just a lot. Not to mention it's a lot of it's it's a bit chaotic. There's a lot more noise. Um, and because there's a lot more noise with, for instance, the exhaling of the bubbles, I believe that the wildlife doesn't really approach you as much um, if they're not used to that, right? Um, and I also think it's an unnatural, right, to be breathing underwater. Um, it's just not as it's we're, we weren't supposed to be doing that. Um, free diving, on the other hand, you just man, you grab a fin, grab fins, grab snorkel, grab a weight belt, and you're in, um, and you're quiet. It's quieter. It's more peaceful. Someone once told me, they said scuba diving is all about observing what's all around you, but free diving is all about focusing what's happening within you. And I thought that that just summed it up really nicely. So I am a fan of free diving. That's okay. You're allowed to say that. <laughs> we can still be friends. <laughs> what about you? Is it scuba diving? It's okay if it is, but like, what, what, what is it for you? Well, okay. So, okay. I'm... Probably a little bit more on the fence, actually, because I believe it's a bit like any type of whether it's snorkeling, freediving, even rebreather diving or scuba, they all serve different purposes. They're like tools in your toolkit. So if if I want to go and have a, a more of a physical activity for the day, clear my mind, and it is more about me, then 
I'm definitely going to go freediving. I'm going to love it. And Or if I want to spend the whole day in and out of the water, then freediving is great. Just, as you said, grab your fins, grab your mask, jump in. You can jump in, jump out, jump in, jump out. You can move the boat around, all these sorts of stuff. So I definitely think there's a place for freediving. And most of my spare time at the moment is freediving because I just love that feeling after a day in the water breath hold. Yes. Scuba, on the other hand, is a tool that allows you to go and see other things. So places, I've dived some incredible shipwrecks, maybe some deeper reefs. Like There's a place very remote off the coast of Western Australia. It's about 300 kilometres offshore. It takes 20 hours to get out there. It's ridiculous. I know. It's incredible. It's a place called the Rolly Shoals. And the so getting out there, the water goes from 3,000 metres deep up to breaking through the atolls at, at at low tide, you can actually see the coral. It's incredible. So when you're free diving, you see like this much of it, right? But when you go, when you can go scuba and go a little bit deeper and stay down a little bit longer, you start to get a real sense of those extreme drop offs and, oh. and what comes along those drop offs. And to sit, I remember actually it was in Raja Ampat. We were sitting on the on the or it's not sitting on the reef, sorry, that was going to come out way wrong. We were sitting on the corner. We were just like hovering around the corner and we had little reef hooks and we hooked in. The current was flying and I just remember watching it just sort of the wall dropped down to about 40 metres deep and there was just so much traffic of just everything, shark, rays, fish, just like it was like it was like rush hour. You just and you're just sitting there, and you're just watching it. So moments like those, I'm really grateful that we have access to scuba and the equipment and all that kind of stuff. Cause you 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 just wouldn't experience that if you were breath holding, going down and then coming straight back up. So I think, yeah, I, I I think it's great to have the option to do both depending on where you are and what you want to see mostly. Yeah. Heck yeah. Absolutely. No. And yeah, you're so right that it is, it really is kind of like having a, a toolkit and they serve a different purpose. And that must've been really special. That must've been so breathtaking and so cool to watch. This is the thing when we spend so much time in the ocean, I I think we start to take for granted what we see and what we experience because it for us, it's like, oh, yeah, great. I've been wanting to see that. And for other people to try and explain what you saw, they're just like, hang on, wait, sorry, what? <laughs> you, saw, you saw what? That's incredible. <laughs> you, because we, we won't see a lot of that here on land as much, I think. I don't think we're seeing a lot of those like my like to see a whole bunch of species all at once. It's, it's not common to see that here, even in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why I love underwater photography so much is it allows us to share that with people who haven't seen it before. And and I don't know, if you've bought a TV recently, I went into a shop and they had all the TVs on display and I thought it was really interesting that so many of them had underwater photos uh, on the screen as a display. And I thought, I wonder why that is. And it's I think it's just because it's so different. It's captivating. People look at it and go, wow, that's really special. Yeah, as as I've gotten more into filming and photography underwater, I realize that the shots at the end of the day, if I if it is for the purpose of showing them to other people, it really is about what can I capture that they haven't seen or will never experience. Because that's that's a gift, man. Like that's a gift not only to be able to experience it, but then to also share that with someone else. So. Yes. Oh, amazing. 
So the other, the only other thing I wanted to run past you was the with all of your experience in the water. Has that um, brought you opportunities, or have you been involved writing any articles and sharing the word that way? Yeah, I have been fortunate to. I wrote a mag. Um, I wrote an article in a magazine about my experience with deep dive Dubai. I've also been able to work with a lot of nonprofit organizations. Um, the Coral Conservancy was one I had helped start years ago. Um, I've been speaking to people from companies like Four Ocean, um, I, as I mentioned earlier, a diving liveaboard company to sort of promote the cause. And the answer is yes, I've been able to, to publish some things and I hope to continue to write more and to share more about my experience while also contributing to other people who have already established some incredible visions and how they want to impact the, the ocean. So, uh, yeah, it really does. Oh, so good. And anyone who is listening and considering maybe learning to free dive or maybe getting that GoPro and taking it in the water, what final advice would you give them? Hmm. All right. So if I were to give someone advice, if they're like, oh, man, I just, I want to get in there. Should I do it? I would tell them, jump in, dive in. The more you do it, the better you'll get at it. Be patient with yourself and enjoy the water. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Oh, thank you so much. And most importantly, because you're on all these incredible adventures and sharing all these incredible photos, where can people find you to follow you in this journey? Sure. So I have a new handle. It's at Hawaii Siren. Um, that is the quickest way to find me, finding me on Instagram. And I'm currently in the process. I've got a I've got a website for work, but I'm about to create a different one so that people have a space to have conversations with me and join me for future dives for me to take photos of them and videos of them and to share the experience of being in the ocean. So that's something that is up and coming, but in the time for the time being, find me on Instagram at Hawaii Siren. Oh, brilliant. And that will definitely be in the show notes because you guys want to see these photos. That's <laughs> so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Amber. It has been absolutely incredible to talk to you today. You have so much passion and energy and I just love everything that you're doing. It's been a wonderful chat. Thank you. Emma, thank you so much for taking the time and for reaching out and for, for being bold. Um, it isn't easy to reach out to people. I'm sure there's been rejections and, and all of that. But I just commend you for your entrepreneurial spirit and, and activity um, because it is difficult. And, and having that drive and that incentive to do it is, is awesome. And I hope a lot of other women out there follow your path and take action and be brave whether it's in the water or listening to podcasts and doing things that they're passionate about. So, so really like, thank you so much for, for the time. Oh, thanks, Amber. Well, I'll chat to you very, very soon. And that's a wrap, my fellow ocean explorers. Hey, thanks so much for joining me for this episode of Underwater Photography Exposed. Maybe you're feeling a little bit inspired to jump into the ocean sometime soon. But before we part ways, I do have a special request for you. I would absolutely love if you could take a moment to rate and review the podcast. And of course, don't forget to swim on over to the show notes where you'll find links to things we talked about today, the people that we interviewed, and a special thank you gift from me as a token of appreciation to say thanks for being part of this community and supporting the podcast. I'm offering a generous discount of my online underwater photography basics mini course. It's the perfect place to start if you're just beginning your photography journey underwater. Click on the show notes and let the adventure continue. 
Until our next plunge into the underwater world, stay inspired and happy shooting.